In the morning, everyone. Thanks for joining us all here at St. Mark Bemidji's podcast. This week is super busy for me in a good way, so you'll have to excuse me for keeping the introductions short. But there's always time, though, to listen to God. And the message is so simple. Jesus loved you so much that he died for you in your place for all the horrible things you've ever done, and then he rose to conquer death and the devil. If you believe in him, repent from your sins, you'll be saved from death. There, in about five seconds, I've told you all you need to know to be saved. But like any good relationship that you want to remain a part of, there's so much more. God's Word, contained in the Bible, has that more that you're looking for, the hows, the whys, and even more than a few of the whens about God and about other people in the Bible. There's more than a lifetime of study in there. Won't you pick up that best-selling book, The Bible? and learn what God wants you to know about life, the universe, and everything. Today, we get to enjoy a sermon from Grace Lutheran in Sioux City titled, Hope in the Middle of Hopelessness. Pastor Allard reads the scripture as the devotional begins. I read just a section from our first lesson. These men who are here should state what crime they found in me when I stood before the Sanhedrin, unless... It was this one thing that I shouted as I stood in their presence. It is concerning the resurrection of the dead that I am on trial before you today. So far the word. Understatement. I'm going to make it. Here it comes. The Apostle Paul was faced with many situations, scenarios in life in which his hope of living a comfortable, secure life was challenged. There's the understatement. And if you count, if you count the trip to Spain for the Apostle Paul, Paul made four missionary journeys, and it was the third one. This reading that we just heard comes at the end of the third one, and that third missionary journey was a long one. It was like three years. And Paul had, among other things, visited the place where Cleopatra came from. I had to sneak that in there. Macedonia. Um, Also, he had visited Greece, other parts of Greece along the way, and encouraging others, other Christians, to make an offering. Because in part of the Roman Empire to the east, in Judea, there was a famine and people didn't have food. So they were collecting offerings for those people. But then God the Holy Spirit said this to Paul. Return to Jerusalem. We don't know exactly how that came, that vision, but he had it. And then along comes a prophet who we hear about just once, and he walks up, and he takes the belt off of Paul, right, like a cloth kind of belt, and taking that thing off, and how strange that must have been if he had said no words as he was doing this. He just starts taking his belt off, and then he takes the belt and ties it around Paul's wrists, and says, and I quote, In this way, the Holy Spirit says, the Jews of Jerusalem will bind the owner of this belt and will hand him over to the Gentiles. Everybody within earshot knew exactly what that meant. The Christians knew they had already seen what Jews and Gentiles had done to their Jesus. 
And so I ask, what hope had Paul? What hope did he have? Well, today, we are going to see it. We are going to see hope in the midst of hopelessness. Sure enough, God was right. Paul was arrested in Jerusalem, and he was bound, and he was brought for trial before the Gentile, the Roman governor, Felix. The high priest himself had thrown his lot in on this accusation against Paul. Remember, Paul used to be among their numbers. How weird this must have been. The high priest, the elders of the Jewish people also, hurled this accusation at Paul. Here it is. We have found this man to be a troublemaker, stirring up riots among the Jews all over the world. He is a ringleader of the Nazarene sect and even tried to desecrate the temple. So we seized him. By examining him yourself, you'll be able to learn the truth about all these charges that we are bringing against him. That was the accusation. And they had hired a good lawyer, a famous lawyer, a professional, to hurl that accusation. The charge was as serious as they come. You see, if if Paul was in fact stirring up trouble all over the Roman Empire, including in Jerusalem, then the Roman governor, just like Pontius Pilate in the past, he had a duty. It was his duty. He had to keep the peace. And Felix understood the seriousness of the other charge, especially as he was with a wife who was Jewish. He understood the seriousness of the other charge desecrating the temple. If that happened, and if he did nothing about it, you know what the Jewish people would do. They would riot. And so, to keep the riot from happening, he had to placate placate the religious leaders and keep the peace, and as a result, keep his governorship. What hope had Paul? For receiving a fair trial with the same group that successfully, mind you, had prosecuted their case against Jesus. The God of Paul. What hope had Paul? The only hope he needed. It is a hope that cannot be broken. It cannot be touched. It cannot be taken away by any man, by any human being. And I would ask to that point, did you notice where Paul was anchoring his hope? In the truth of the law and the prophets. Or as we would say today, in the truth of all scriptures. The scriptures. Faith. These are creations of a God. That's why nothing as frail as a human being can steal it out of another human soul. And that's why Paul's hope, a Christian's hope, is a hope that the unbelieving world, that each individual unbeliever in the world cannot understand, and they even despise it. Because a Christian's hope is a certainty. You see why the unbelieving world despises that. Hope is not certainty, it's one or the other. Not for the Christian. It's both. A wonderful promise 
is coming to its fulfillment that cannot be stopped by anyone. That is the undying hope. And that is why Paul had all he needed. As he stood outmanned and outgunned by the greatest power that the world knew at that time. Paul was certain. Paul was sure that the resurrection of the body, that it's real. And a resurrection is all about the body, because the soul part of us lives on. It doesn't die. This part does. A resurrection of the body is real. And to be sure, those Pharisees, as Paul mentioned, the Pharisees also believed in a resurrection from the dead. Except that faith was not tied to a rabbi named Jesus. So their faith in the resurrection had devolved into a resurrection that would happen if they kept all the commands of their God. That is why even these believers in the resurrection made a charge against Paul as well. Because Paul believed in a resurrection. How would we say it? Like, right, as Lutherans, the words of Martin Luther, solely by grace, by faith, by scripture, and the fourth one that Luther also would sometimes say, by Christ alone. That is why they hated Paul as well. These believers in the resurrection. Because if Paul was right, these Pharisees were not just wrong in that court before the governor. They would die a permanent death. To strengthen his point, that his hope was not based on anything but a religious dispute. In other words, that this was no threat to you, Governor Felix. This is not a threat to your Caesar back in Rome. Paul says a second time. He repeats it. It is concerning the resurrection of the dead that I am on trial before you today. Good strategy, Paul. But what hope had Paul to receive a trial that would be fair, that would result in an innocent verdict before such people? Ultimately, it didn't matter. Paul's hope was in the resurrection. Everyone, everybody dies, we understand this. But how we die is what matters. Paul knew this, and I dare not say this next thing easily. In fact, I don't say the, oh, we all die, so don't worry about it. That's not my point. But I don't say this next thing easily it's not my intention to make light of the suffering of Paul or the danger his life was in. None of that. But if this trial resulted in imprisonment, or resulted in beatings, or even in Paul's death, Paul still had Paul still had confidence in the resurrection to live eternally right there with Jesus Christ, the same Christ he once persecuted, but who had now saved him. And that is the very heart of this matter. The hope of the resurrection made the difference for Paul. So this guy, Paul, who is no, no more righteous, no more sinner than the rest of us in the great scheme of things, this Paul, however much he was shaking with nervousness in front of that court, could speak with confidence the truth. The resurrection of the body. This hope was the gravitic center. 
the principle of life, this was Paul's identity. So he lived, trusting that no matter, really, no matter what came his way, no matter what the Jews did, or no matter what Governor Felix did, Paul knew that he would inevitably one day die. And be resurrected. So what does this really matter to you and me? Do, do we even have to ask that question? We are facing, what do we call it? The, it rolls off the tongue, this, the phrase, the trials and tribulations of life. We are experiencing them now. Some people, they're, they're dealing with money hardships. Wondering, how are we, we going to make ends meet here? The bills, they're coming fast and furious right now. Some, it's others who are worried about the years to come. The elderly worrying about how they're going to make ends meet on a fixed income when expenses are going up. And the young people, they also worry and wonder about how they're going to make it. Are they going to have enough to retire? Am I going to even make it to retirement? And I wish I didn't have to say this. I wish I could say heaven is now. But illness and great tragedy can strike at any time. I wish I never had to put that in a sermon, because it's a very depressing thought by itself. But we can join with Paul, and in the great scheme of things, in the face of bad times and in the face of good times, good times present their own challenge to our faith, good or bad. We could say, I will not place my hope in anything in this world. In fact, I'm not even going to place my hope in anybody in this world. Not even my family. I cannot. I will not place my hope in things that fade away. We can say that because we have the hope of the resurrection. Dear friends, granted, I am going to say to you, here is this resurrection. It is the guiding principle and center and core of our life as well. This is our identity. The best part of and most liberating, freeing thing you realize is when your life is not about you. You're not the main character in your story. God is. Jesus is. That's a liberating thing. And as you think about the resurrection through Jesus Christ is my core identity. Granted, yes, that beautiful, undying hope, that doesn't put food on the table. Your faith is not going to put a roof over your head. Granted. But it does give us eternity. And I would go so far as to say that undying hope in a resurrection with Christ gives you the reason to put a roof over your head and a reason to struggle and use the gifts God has given you to put food on the table. It gives us the reason. So may God, through the miracle that is his word, continue to give us this taste, this taste of eternity, a desire for eternity, so that all else may pale before the hope that is even now being held out to you. Take it. Take it. Keep it. And live it. Like you believe. Amen.
We hope that today's meditation on God's Word has enriched you. Divine services are held right here in Bemidji, Minnesota at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Sunday school and adult Bible study is also offered between our Sunday services at 9.15 a.m. Our church services are live-streamed at 8 a.m. on Sunday mornings and are available afterwards on our channel, St. Mark Lutheran Church Bemidji. If you're listening or watching this podcast, you are cordially invited to join us in person next week and every week. This is our fourth year producing this podcast, and there is a large archive of devotional material online available if you want to learn more about God and His Word. Visit www.stmarkbemidji.org or look in the show notes in this podcast for a link to this and many other meditations on God. You can also search for St. Mark Bemidji on YouTube to find our channel. If you have any questions or you would like more information about our church and its ministry, please visit our website, which is once again www.stmarkbemidji.org. All scripture readings are taken from the Holy Bible, New International Version, copyright 2011, and are used by permission from Zondervan. Meditation's daily devotional is published by Northwestern Publishing House and is also used by permission. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider subscribing and telling a friend. May God bless the rest of your day. salvation free lasting to eternity